Hello and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And if you're new to the Motherkind podcast, then hello and welcome. I'm Zoe, your host, and each week we chat about all things well-being and motherhood. This week I'm chatting to Nikki Raby, who is a business and life coach and mum of one. Nikki is really passionate about supporting other women and mothers to create a business and life that defines their version of success. I know for so many of us, having children can be the impetus we need to define what it is we really want to do. And especially as our old jobs and ways of working just don't work anymore. Nikki and I chat about figuring it out along the way. I have a degree, but I have an acting degree. I can be a tree, I can do an excellent forward roll, I can do a triple time step, turning, but I didn't know how to launch a business. So I really had to get the help that I needed how becoming a mum can make us more ambitious and where to take that. Becoming a mum was fantastic because it made me really clear. I suddenly knew how much time I had, which was very little. You only know what you know at the time, but I just thought there's so much room out there. There's so many opportunities to explore. How a lack of time can actually be a gift. Getting clear on what's important for us. Boundaries and saying no what her self-care looks like, asking for help, and how motherhood can really help us to look at our expectations of ourselves and our limiting beliefs. We're governed by what other people think of us. And actually, as a new mum and running a business, sometimes it's like, I got seven out of my 10 things on my to-do list done today. Nobody's crying, (laughs) everybody's asleep. Happy days. So I hope you enjoy the episode. If you did, please join the conversation on Instagram at motherkind.co or on the website at motherkind.co. And if you did enjoy the episode, then please consider leaving a review. It does help us reach more and more mums with our message. So here it is. So Nikki, welcome to the Motherkind podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Thank you for having me. And we met on Instagram, the power of Instagram. Yeah, love it. (laughs) What did we do without it? Well, this is it, all with it in some cases. And you are a business and life coach. I am. So can you just start by just telling us how you got to where you are today, what your journey's been? Well, I very much have the portfolio career because... In 2000, I moved to London and I trained as an actor and went to drama school for three years and did lots of different things across television and film and theatre and commercials. And I realised pretty quickly that I wasn't very good at those typical out-of-work actor jobs, you know, the part-time nannying, which I used to do, or the waitressing or the bar stuff. And I really found that in order to go to auditions and feel good and fresh and excited about my career, I really needed to use my brain as well. And I really needed to tap into that entrepreneurial spirit that I had. So I needed to analyze how that strategy of success works for creative people, because there's very much that mindset of you wait for the phone to ring or you wait for your look to be on trend and I didn't really cope well with that because behind the scenes I was just thinking when is the phone going to ring when's this going to happen for me so at that point I trained as a coach because in coaching, you learn those strategies about setting goals, about making it happen yourself and creating a process for yourself. And 
once I qualified as a coach, I started to really forge out this passionate, multi-passionate, as Marie Folio would say, portfolio career. So I now very much do the acting, coaching, and then from there, I do some writing and speaking. So that's been my journey up until this point. And it's been a lot of figuring it out along the way because I have a degree, but I have an acting degree. I can be a tree. I can do an excellent forward roll. I can do a triple time step turning, but I didn't know how to launch a business. So I really had to get the help that I needed. I really had to figure out all of this, how to build a website, how to work with your ideal clients, figure out what to charge, how to market yourself. It's very much been a journey, let's just say. And you do work with lots of parents and mums in particular, don't you? Yes. How have you found becoming a mum? Because you've got a little boy who's two, so yes. Major's Jesse. How have you found that's changed the dynamic of your working life? It's actually grown my business, surprisingly, more than I ever thought. Because when I became a mum... I knew that I needed to work. My career has been a huge part of my identity. I love earning my own money and I love what I do. So it was never a case of, well, that's just it for me now. And sometimes there can be that expectation for mums when they become a mum that you have to sort of move to the side or take a backward step. And actually, as soon as I had Oscar... I became really ambitious again and I looked back on the years previously and I thought, why was I wasting time or why was I being scared of that? And, you know, you only know what you know at the time, but I just thought there's so much room out there. There's so many opportunities to explore. So I guess becoming a mum was fantastic because it made me really clear. I suddenly knew how much time I had, which was very little. My son wasn't a brilliant sleeper. He certainly wasn't that kind of baby who just slept on his sheepskin while I, you know, took over the world by any means. And so I had to get really specific about what I wanted to do, what were the things I was really good at, how I could monetize them, how I could make the best use of my time, and I guess what the steps were that I needed in order to make that happen. And I have to say, since becoming a mum, I've now earned more money than ever before. And I know it's not necessarily polite, we're taught not to talk about money, but I think it's really important to talk about money because when you are working as a mum, you're not with your child and you still have bills to pay and things still continue as normal. The world doesn't stop. So I realised that there was only one of me and I needed to make it work in the most efficient and effective way possible. You know, that word juggle comes up time and time again, but I really like that you're replacing that word juggle with that word focus. Mm. And what tools do you use to help you stay focused? Because I think procrastination for me has been a massive challenge um, that I've had to overcome. So what do you use? I think I feel like I connect with the big vision of what I want to build in my life and through doing a lot of work, because granted, becoming a business owner and self-development, they really go hand in hand because once you're a business owner, if there's any limiting beliefs or things that are underneath, they all come out to play that you need to deal with it because it's you, it's you putting yourself out there. So in terms of tools, I've learned 
to dream a lot bigger and how that works practically is to get really clear on what is important. What are my versions of success and how do I want to make those happen? So that could be how much money do I actually need to earn? And secondly, how much money do I want to earn so we can have the life that we want? Because we're both freelancers, my partner and I, and I really work on the basis that the world is actually our oyster. There is no cap on on what we can earn. And that's suddenly been quite exciting. And one thing I've realized is all the times that I have available and how I work best. So for example, I used to write in the morning. That used to be my time where I felt really creative. And then sometimes now I've got a child who's awake at 10 past five. So I can't necessarily say, oh, just watch the telly while I knock out 2000 words. So I've had to kind of switch my focus in working in the evenings, which is not necessarily how I want to work. But learning when to close that door and thinking I'm just going to have to do the dishes in the morning and not feeling guilty for that and you know not that I always do the dishes my partner does them as well but really getting clear on the limited amount of time that I have and also throughout the day using the time that I have so I might be at the park and invariably my ideas come when I'm not sitting at my desk. So if I'm at the park and I get a really great idea for a blog post, I don't feel bad about literally quickly just jotting it in my phone. So when I come back and actually write it, quite a lot of it has come to life and I know what I'm doing. Also being really clear about distractions and setting boundaries in your friends and family because sometimes there can be that situation that you're at home and people want to see your baby and that's great as well but sometimes what you can find is you've got a house full and you've got a to-do list as long as your arm of work that you need to do and everybody's sitting around adoring that baby and so I've learned that I have to lead my day in that way and say what works for us and when we're available. Obviously, we're flexible and we can compromise and all the rest of it. But nobody's going to do that for you because a baby or a toddler who is very cute and doing all the things is far more appealing. So just being really specific and focused as well has been really helpful. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting point. What I'm hearing is taking responsibility for your time. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've really noticed becoming a mum as well. It's pre-mum life. I was good at it, but I think I can see how I was allowing others, especially in the corporate world, to determine what my day might look like. Yes. I think as a mum, especially a working mum and maybe even more a self-employed mum, it's been such a good opportunity to put that into practice. Yeah. Really getting good at boundaries and saying no which can be hugely challenging yeah and knowing your worth as well sometimes I'm offered great opportunities but they don't match where I'm going and sometimes what I offer is an easy solution for somebody or they've seen something that I've written and they go can you just do the same for me but like obviously I don't want to pay you for it because I haven't got a budget or whatever it might be so I've really learned the power of no because Sometimes in the past I've done things and I felt like from all aspects I've given and given and given. And I think sometimes as a mum as well, you're giving so much in daily life just to keep small humans around. So 
as a way of protecting myself and my time, I've started to say no a lot more. And actually, it's been really great because now I get less and less of that lower end work and I get asked to do much better work, a different sort of flavour of work. And that's been quite exciting to see. So I know we can all be afraid sometimes like, oh, I just want people to be a nice person. And I hope nobody like thinks that I'm mean or anything like that. But actually, when you do set your boundaries and you know your worth, you always get the people that you want to work with. And how do you manage your energy? Like you said, you know, there's so much that we give as mums and there's a lot of talk at the moment about the sort of hidden load of mothering and the mental load of yeah. it. How do you replenish yourself? What's your self-care? It's ever-evolving. I'm very much... You know, from a northern town, two very hardworking parents who did great in their careers, respectfully. And I was of that work hard, get the job done, do whatever it takes. And I guess I had to learn the hard way by over delivering a little bit. And when I had Oscar, I didn't necessarily have the birth that I wanted. I had an emergency C-section after three days labor. He was a nine pound 10 baby. He was hungry. And it was a huge shock to my system of, wow, my body feels like it's been through a car wash. And having been an actor and I danced a lot as a young child, I was very in tune with my body. So that was quite peculiar, not feeling strong. And I didn't exercise until 11 months in. I mean, obviously, I was marching around the park. But in terms of self-care is I really have to be instinctive about what I need. And sometimes it's the basics of I need to drink more water. We always make sure that we have a brilliant breakfast. Matt, my partner, is not a breakfast person, but it's something it's like we have to insist on now because if he hasn't eaten by midday, you know, we're all over the shop. And also yoga. Yoga has been quite helpful and motivating podcasts or interviews or business chat. And I have to say it's been less about the what car seat do you use or how do you get your baby to sleep? Because I really believe that every child is completely different. It's more watching people out there who I'm perceiving to be still doing it anyway. Yeah, I love what you said about self-care being ever-evolving. Yeah. And I think, how do you tune into yourself these days then? I can feel it in my body sometimes when I'm shattered or even stringing a sentence together or I just feel a bit off sometimes. I don't feel like myself. I'm more emotional than usual. And I probably should go to a spa for a weekend, but it hasn't really been feasible. So sometimes it is just a hot bath or lying on the floor for 15 minutes or closing my laptop and, and going to bed, asking those people around me for what I want or what I need has been really key. I was never somebody who asked for help, probably to my detriment. You know, I would kind of plow on and and just keep going regardless. I spoke about it on a, another podcast the other day of saying, Sometimes we need to ask those people close to us what we actually need because they can't read our minds. And sometimes the smallest of things of like, oh, actually, could you pick up dinner rather than me going, I've got to do this. I've got to see what time he naps. I've got some emails to do. Then I've got to go out to the shops and just trying to share the load a little bit because often the people around you 
are more than happy to help as long as you ask in a nice yeah, way. I, I totally agree. I wrote about that the other day for Alternatively Healthy. I'm their motherhood contributor and they asked me to write about 10 things I'd wish I'd known, I think it was. Yeah. I wrote about learning to ask for and accept help. Like you, I had quite a big limiting belief about that. I thought that asking for help was weak. Yeah. I thought that it meant that I wasn't coping. And I think that I thought that, I guess I was deep down scared of asking for help. Yes. Getting rejected and how I would deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I think actually if there's one tool that I could really help new mums with, it would be that. Yes. Because I think we need so much help in that time. I actually think through the whole journey. Yeah. And learning to break down and get into what is it about me? So many women have it when they don't want to identify their needs and ask for them to be met. It's a huge challenge. And I think, you know, partly as women, I think we might have been raised to be needless and wantless. Absolutely. And when we see those images of like daddy's little princess on a T-shirt I just don't connect with that at all because I wasn't. I wasn't daddy's little princess and he didn't expect... I'm going deep now. Whoa! Um, This is the Malachine podcast. Yeah. This is what we do. But I I was not brought up to kind of swan around and wait for a rich, handsome prince to come and replace him. You know, that was not our relationship and that's not how I was raised. And... That's quite interesting in sort of early adult relationships. I definitely overcompensated. I would always pay my half and beyond. And you learn these things as you get older. Although you may be listening to this and thinking, well, she's got it all figured out and all the rest of it. There have been some really tough times in my motherhood journey where I almost had to let a lot of stuff that I'd been holding on to come out. I got to a point maybe when Oscar was... I don't know, 15, 16 months where I felt like my brain couldn't take any more information because you're learning all the time as a parent and considering and thinking and trying to anticipate the next step. And I suddenly got to a point where I almost hit a brick wall and other stuff started to come out, maybe stuff I hadn't dealt with or things that I'd never thought about and nothing particularly dark or scary, but just expectations and limiting beliefs of who I thought I was because somebody had once said that and actually that wasn't who I was and bizarrely this week as we're recording it my mum gave me a big bag it's just outside the room of all my old school reports and one of the things that people used to think about me because I was an actor and you know wasn't frightened of the stage or could do public speaking was that I was this loud proud all singing all dancing show off and when I looked through all my old school reports everything and it comes up again and again from 11 to 16 the quiet determination and it was really fascinating and quite lovely to look back on those and think gosh we are who we were then but sometimes other people's perceptions and thoughts layer on top of that yeah I totally resonate and I think I think that's what motherhood is so amazing as an opportunity and this is sort of where the passion for mother kind came from actually is I don't think we get a better chance in our lives to look at our stuff no but the challenge of course is that we also have less time than we've (laughs) thought to do that yeah uh, like we're not going to retreat so we or or spas no as you talked yeah so what are you working on at the moment within yourself is there anything that you're working on changing yeah. or letting go of in your own sort of personal journey? Well, I feel like last year, we're recording this January 2018, I feel like last year 
I really went on the journey. I really looked at what was happening, where I wanted to be. And I guess one thing that I'm working on, and I feel like I'm in a safe place to admit this, is I really want to go for it and really dream big. And I feel like throughout my life, I've had lots of near misses along the way. And lots of times where I've been to the last two or it's that sliding doors moment where I've had a peek into this kind of life or like for example when I used to nanny there was one particular house which I worked in and it was beautiful it was you know four floors 12 bathrooms you know that sort of thing I can't remember the exact details but it was really lovely and I was there regularly and I really felt like what that would be like to not that I was a creepy kind of weird nanny or anything but I got a sense of what that space looked like and sometimes I've had near misses over the years and I've suddenly thought oh well then it's not meant for me it didn't go my way so that's not my path and actually I've learned yeah it is it just wasn't this time so I've been working on a lot of visioning and thinking about where I want my business to go and I feel like I've just you know at 36 I've just tapped into the next layer and I'm already seeing the results that's been really interesting so I guess dreaming big but also the practical sense of knowing when to trust knowing when to switch off and also really incorporating more family time and with my son a lot or my partner is he goes to nursery two days a week but just having those kind of adventure days as a three and sometimes because of the nature of our work it's last minute or one of us is with our son and one of us is working and actually we both want to have that moment of being a family. Yeah and I think becoming a mum puts working life as you were talking about earlier into real focus doesn't it? Yeah. Is what I'm doing is it lighting me up enough and paying me enough, as yes. you talked about, to warrant that time not being with my child? And I think that's what's so interesting about what you do, because you help parents, don't you, and mums yeah. think about their work life and how they can build more flexibility Absolutely. into what they do. Can yeah. you share some of the sort of common challenges that people come to you with and how you help them overcome those or work more flexibility into their working lives yeah so sometimes people when they have a baby they very quickly realize that what they were doing before is not going to work however flexible the company are or however much they used to like it it doesn't work for the lifestyle because they can't make the hours work or they end up turning up and rushing back for the school run or whatever it might be and so There's a lot of work around permission of like, can I actually do something different? There's a lot of chat about identity. We link our identity to maybe what we did for the last 10, 15 years. You know, I was this and then I was the party girl or whatever it might be, or I was the city slicker. And then it's getting clear on what their idea of success is. So sometimes people want to build a really big business and that's exciting. And there's so many avenues that somebody could go down. Sometimes they just want enough to be able to pay their way and to have a a nice life, interpret nice, whatever you want it to be. And often it's about building that plan of action of 
how do you make this actually work? How do you bring it to life? Because the entrepreneurial space has a real glamour to it, I think. When people talk about startups, you know, you're seeing this amazing space in Shoreditch or whatever. But actually, in the early months, it's a lot of hard graft. It's a lot of looking at yourself, trying and testing and all of that sort of stuff. So a lot of the challenges that people have are about permission, identity, self-doubt. Can I really do this? Perhaps it's confidence. And also if you're sleep deprived, if you're a bit under in terms of your self-care, suddenly, you know, going to go and pitch or talk about your idea or set up on your own, those things can be quite challenging and make you have to sort of dig deep a little bit. And then it's really thinking about how you make the plan work, sort of the behind the scenes stuff. So it could be, and you know what, the amount of people that come and have a session with me and we have a chat and then afterwards they'll say, gosh, you're the first person I've told this. It feels really good to say it out loud. And sometimes they've never discussed it with their husband or their friend or the NCT group. And so Even that first stage of reveal of saying something out loud can be huge, especially if they're a parent of young kids, actually making your own needs known and what you desire and what you want to have as you can be quite illuminating sometimes. So I guess then it's about the plan of actually how do you make this business work? How do you make this life work? And also look after small children, make sure they're taken care of and the can I really do this and can I make money from this I wanted to ask you about that because I think that's one of the sort of added challenges of having children and young children with a startup is we all know often when we go on our own we might have to take a cut in money or we might even earn very little money yet we still have childcare costs yes we're going to juggle it that way what do you advise people to do in that situation what can we do is there a reframe around that that you can recommend I think the quicker that you can get the money in the door and you can start tracking it, the better. And even if that is just charging small amounts that might align with thinking, oh, I've just started this, so I would charge this kind of rate. Remember that you're coming to the table with all this experience. You're not fresh out of uni or you're not 13, 14 and wanting to earn a bit of pocket money. You're coming to the table, even if it's a different career, with all the new skills, all the experience, but also it's your time as well. So you do need to be paid for it. And I am very passionate about sharing with my clients of making sure that you really look at your money and see what is coming in and see what the things are that work. And often there can be that procrastination or that fear that holds us back that we think, well, I'll just get seven offerings up there on the website and then I'll start charging money and actually get one up, get the money coming in, tweak it, change it, and then add something else. Because I remember when I first qualified as a coach, I had two websites running and I had one for acting, had one for coaching. Sometimes I would upload the same blog on two websites. I gave myself so much work to do, which seems ridiculous now I look back on it, but it was caught up in some emotional stuff. I wasn't quite ready to say, yeah, I'm a life coach. I'm a personal brand. I do this, this, and this, because maybe there was a bit of shame around it. Maybe there was a bit of insecurity of like, can I actually say this out loud? Because the limiting beliefs in the back of my head of, you know, you are not the kind of person who does that kind of thing or a life coach. What are you talking about? Who needs a life coach? Just get on with it. 
all of this stuff kind of comes up. Yeah, I really relate to that. And I think especially as, you know, those of us have come from a corporate background where it's a very different value system. You know, I definitely identified with my job title. Yeah. You know, coming then fresh, like you say, it brings up all those limiting beliefs. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. And, and you, you don't get appraisals either. It's not like your child's going, gosh, you did really well today, mum. Like, although Oscar did say to me the other day, so proud of you. And I, I could have wept a bit. And I just was like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, great. Because I tell him that. So that was a really nice moment for me to hear that because he was reflecting it back. But yeah, you don't get those pats on the backs or somebody saying, gosh, you did really well today. So sometimes that can be challenging because we feel like we're governed by what other people think of us and how you're doing so well. And actually as a new mum and running a business, sometimes it's like, I got seven out of my 10 things on my to-do list done today. Nobody's crying. (laughs) Everybody's asleep. Happy days. I think that's it. It's focusing on those small wins, isn't it? Whatever they are, you know, whether they're in you know, your mum life or in corporate life even or entrepreneurial life. I think, you know, my younger self definitely used to play the when-then game yeah, and focus on big successes. You know, when I get the head of Marcoms, then I'll be happy. And now I sort of realise that that's a bit of a a fool's game, really. And it is, for me, focusing on those little, little moments. Yes. You know, when I... I'm just going to send that email. And then, you know, tiny things I will give myself. Yeah, of course. Because it's about the momentum. I always think that with my acting career is that... I just have to keep casting. I have to keep going in. I have to keep meeting people. I have to keep reading stuff. It's so important because otherwise, if I have that spike of going, oh, I've just got one audition every six months, then you have that pressure of like, well, I've got to get it then. And it's like kind of going on a date thinking, is this going to be the one? Is he going to be the one? You know, you bring that energy to the table. So I would also say that in terms of your business is keep doing stuff every day that is bringing your business up to the next level. It doesn't have to be that, right, I've got to write 10 blog posts, but write one and really mean it and really make sure that it's going to connect with people. And you may not get the overnight success. And I was talking to a few other coaches now who are getting lots of exposure like I am. Oh, where have you come from? You've sprung up from nowhere. And you think, no, I've been doing it a long, long time. So sometimes it does take a bit of a while to get that traction, but start small, but please do charge from the get-go. There's this story sort of percolating around my mind that I just want to share because it links so much to what we're talking about. And my husband shared it actually with me yesterday as we were talking about this sort of stuff. Picasso was in a restaurant in France and he drew on a napkin. He was about to throw it away. And the lady next to him said, oh, don't throw it away, I'll buy that off you. How much is it? And he went, 20,000 pounds. And she went, but you were about to throw that away and it took you three minutes. Yes. Like, how are you charging me? And he looked at her and he said, take me 40 years. And that really struck me Mm. because of what you were saying, actually. We show up to these moments in our lives yes. with everything that was gone before us. Yeah. And as mums, you're right, we do tend to be in our sort of 30s, late 30s, and we're bringing all of that experience to this moment. And I think that's so important to remember, especially when it's a new venture. Yeah, we're not starting from scratch ever. There's always so many things up our sleeves that we're bringing to the table. And 
also I would say is don't just think you have to earn in a conventional way of a one-to-one method. I did that for a long time and I've really realized because I've purchased them and worked through them myself, the power of passive income and online courses. And that has been fantastic in terms of my business and my income. And also it frees me up to be able to work in a way that I work with. So when I'm doing business strategy sessions, I'm always saying, what could you create that somebody could purchase that doesn't involve you being there? And sometimes there's those limiting beliefs of like, well, I have to be there. Like I need to show them how to do it. But actually the technology is there. You can create a product or something that will cook behind the scenes that somebody would be able to follow as well. So especially when you're starting your new venture, don't necessarily think, well, this is what I do because this is the kind of person that I am in this certain industry. You can mess with it and add your own little flavor with it. And I know we were talking about lovely Lucy Sheridan earlier that we often have this conversation that you don't have to wear a bodycon dress and be sitting on a yacht to be a life coach. Of course, there is that sort of view out there or that kind of image, but we're all doing it in our own way as well. Mm. Are there any books, just before we finish, that you'd recommend either on sort of this, I guess we'd call it freedom businesses or yeah. entrepreneurialism or motherhood or self-development? What are your yeah. sort of three go-tos? I love Danielle Laporte because I feel like she breaks down concepts in a really tangible, logical way. So she's a creative person like me, but she can make it sort of mathematical in a kind of A plus B equals this. If you're feeling this and you're doing this, this is what is going to be the outcome. So the Firestarter sessions, the Desire Map, and I'm looking forward to reading her White Hot Truth, I think her next one is. There's another book that I'm reading at the moment called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. I found that really useful and it's a great one for mums because sometimes you can be in that fog of oh, this feels exhausting, oh, I won't send this, I'll put it off, oh, I'll put the washing on and then I'll get to it. But that was actually a technique that I used a couple of weeks ago to sign with my new speaker's agent. And I wasn't going to send the email because I've been up all night with my son and I literally, the rule, if you don't know it, you just count down from five, four, three, two, one. And I was just like, just write the email. You've got 10 minutes, see what comes out, send it. And I got a response within 20 minutes. And by the end of the morning, we had had a meeting and we agreed to work together. So that's a really good one to kind of snap out of things. Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic is a really good one. And podcasts, keep exploring them. They're out there. The tags are so good, actually. So suss out what you need. There's another couple, actually, by Denise Duffield-Thomas. I won't say one of the words just in case it makes it explicit, but you can search and it's all about money and money beliefs and things like that, which might be useful for new businesses. Yeah, I know all of those. (laughs) Yes, tick, 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 tick. Yeah, and I read an article. I think Mel Robbins was in Psychologies or Red or something. Yes, yeah, she was. Yeah, a lot of profile, which is great because. I love that. Yeah. And the Gabby Bernstein books I really love of like just giving you some people might think, oh, they're too spiritual or this or that. Don't be put off by that kind of stuff. You know, even going back to the power of just breathing, just tuning in, just taking five minutes. It's really practical if you want to dip your toe in those kind of areas. She's my favorite teacher. (laughs) Um, So good. And just before we finish, this is a question that I ask 
everyone. It's quite a big question. Yes. Um, which is, Nikki, if you could give all the mums out there one gift, what would it be and why? I mean, firstly, I would cook for them and just give them food. And the second is to really trust your instinct because one thing that I've realised is before you have a baby, there is a step-by-step guide, allegedly, out there. Your baby will do this, then your baby will feed, and then your baby will sleep, question mark. And this is what they're going to be doing at this kind of moment. But we all know this. There are so many variables in motherhood, how much you earn, where you live, your circumstances, your partner, your no partner, how much family support you have, what kind of child that you have, what kind of birth you had, all of these things. So know your own variables, know what's going on for you, quieten down the noise and just tune in to what it is that you actually need. And if that means closing down Instagram or social media or turning off your phone for a bit, do that because you know your baby, you know your circumstances and connect with that power of you know what you need to do. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed the episode please check out my Instagram where we continue the conversation and I post daily about all things motherhood and well-being. Also, if you haven't already, have a look at my website because I've been writing more and more blogs and I'm also putting on there all the events and talks that I'm giving. And of course, if you haven't, then please do have a listen to some of the other episodes because I'm chatting to some really incredible women that I'd love you to enjoy. And if you did enjoy it, then please, please leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. So thank you very much. Mm